book of John, chapter 5 and verse number 1. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called, in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And these, or on these porches, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? It's an interesting question. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled. That's the third time now. The author records the troubling of the water. He says, Sir, I have no one when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Because it was a Sabbath, the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is a Sabbath day. But you know it's not lawful for thee to carry your bed? He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away in a multitude being in that place. So afterward, two more verses, 14 and 15. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, you are made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. So the man departed and told the Jews, it's Jesus that made me whole. Amen. I want to preach to you for a little while on this thought today that he still makes house calls. He still makes house calls. Aren't you glad the presence of the Lord showed up in the house today? Amen. Would you lift your hands and your voice one more time? Would you ask him to speak to you, God? I need something. I need your word to speak to me today. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would fill this house, that your spirit would walk these aisles, Lord, touching every hungry heart, every thirsty soul. God, speak, change, exhort, and challenge, we pray in Jesus' matchless name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The history of doctors making house calls to visit sick people uh, is just that. It's mostly history. I don't know how it is in New Brunswick, uh, but in Vancouver, at least, it's almost impossible even to get a regular doctor. Uh, most people now just do walk-in clinics or, or they, have a, they have a clinic that they go to, but they don't even get to have a doctor that has their ongoing records. 
And, uh, and so it's not just that, uh, that the doctors don't make house calls, but most doctors don't even know who you are. Now, in the little town that I was raised in, uh, Quinell, in Quinell, British Columbia, northern British Columbia, um, there, is, uh, there is a certain mentality in that town, and I spent 30-plus uh, years of my life there, I suppose, but in that town, one of the ladies in our church, uh, in fact, uh, she was a lady that uh, delivered all three of my children. And uh, she, was, she was my wife's doctor, and we got to baptize her in Jesus' name. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And, and one of the privileges that we had was having a doctor that we could call at 11 o'clock at night or text. We're still doing that today, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years, 24 years later. Amen. And it has, it has been a blessing to our family, the advice and the different things that we get to have. And, and now her son is a doctor and her daughter-in-law is a doctor. Her husband is also a doctor. So we get the pool of resources when we tap into that. And it, it's been such an incredible blessing to our family when we went through a really difficult sickness. My daughter was uh, very, very sick. And, and in fact, she was headed downhill so fast, we, we didn't even know uh, how much longer she was going to be alive and uh and because of those connections uh, we were able to open up doors to get her into a children's hospital and different things like that and and it, it was a blessing to our family um and and, and yet uh in, in our society most of the time unless you have a, 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 per, a cool connection like that you're, you're the doctor probably doesn't even know your name and most of the time when you go into the office you feel, and this is, happens to us, has happened to us a lot because she's not our personal doctor. But when you go into the office, you feel like you're just a number and they're just trying to push you through as fast as you can thanks to our wonderful medical system. And, and there is many benefits to it. Uh, getting, uh, getting good help right away is not one of them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how it is here, but we have often, we've waited 8 to 12 hours in the, in the waiting room to get in to see the doctor uh, about a heart attack. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's not quite that bad. Uh, but, but in in our generation, the way of the house visits or the house calls has kind of gone by the wayside. And the scene of this particular miracle, uh, the story that we read from John five, takes place in Jerusalem at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, the pool was located. Uh, the Bible tells us, actually tells us it was near the sheep gate. It was located near the sheep market, the place where the temple lambs were brought through that gate, through the sheep gate. And they were brought into this sheep market and they were bought by uh, travelers that were coming from distance and didn't have their own lambs or sheep with them. And so they would bring them to this market and uh, the, the shepherds would bring the sheep to this market and the travelers would buy their lamb and uh, then they would bring it into uh, the temple courtyard. The, so this was the place, this, this pool was situated at the place where Passover lambs, lambs of, for sacrifice were ushered through and bought and sold. The pool was surrounded by four porches, the Bible says, and one that ran right through the center of the pool. Upon these porches, at any given day, one could find crowds of impotent, blind, halt, and withered humanity. How completely incongruous a sight for a place, which in Hebrew was called Bet 
Casta, which interpreted means house of mercy. And here in this house of mercy, the context of this location is important to our understanding of this text because not only were these people sick of mind and body, but you will also no doubt remember if you've read some of the Old Testament that the blind and the lame and the sick were not allowed to enter the temple area to bring their sacrifice at the pool and laying beside the pool and gathered around the pool. The temple entrance was in eyesight. For those of you that have been to Israel, it's not very far to the temple mount. It's, it's just a passageway, really, to the temple mount area from where the sheep gate, what's now called today the lion's gate, is. And, and they could almost see where they desired, where their heart desired to be and to go because there's nothing like, and those of you that uh, went through that COVID experience and, 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 and hungered for the presence of God, there was nothing to cultivate. It was amazing. Brother Lehman and I were talking about this yesterday. It's amazing how that COVID experience almost divided the church into two camps, those that were determined to get even more of God than they had before and those that were going to use this as an excuse to kind of just wander away and not come back to church again and 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 so in these times of uh, of 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 brokenness there is a decision that is made by that man or woman that is in uh, or has been separated from the things of the Lord and and there is a decision to be hungry or to grow in hunger or to turn away and to be satisfied now with my present condition house of mercy though it hardly seemed that way as they lay in their distress and watched as others would stream through the sheep gate on their way to offer up a lamb in hopes to maintain or obtain mercy for another year they were destined to remain in this place Mercy, not for me, I'm blind. Mercy, not for me, I'm crippled. It might more accurately be described as a house of suffering more than a house of mercy. But the Bible says that this crowd of humanity would lie on these porches in the house of mercy waiting for the moving of the water. Or was at this pool the Bible says during a certain season that an angel of the Lord would come down and trouble the water. And it was only during this season that this angel would appear. It didn't happen daily and it certainly didn't happen weekly either. But only at a certain season. The season for the angel's coming may have only lasted one day a year. Perhaps the angel would come for a specific week or a month out of the year. We don't really know. All we know is that this angel only came during a certain season. But this angel would then agitate or stir up the water. And the Bible says that when the water was troubled, whatsoever first stepped into the water would be made whole of whatever the disease was that they had. And so here is this scarred, broken, sick, 
and hurting mass of humanity waiting day after day after day in hopes that today might be the day the angel would come down. Oh Lord, let today be the day the water is troubled. Lord, let today be the day when they get to the water before everyone else. Let today let today be the day I receive my miracle. If you would go with me for just a moment in your thoughts to the pool, that pool just inside the eastern walls of Jerusalem, cobbled stones all around, busy travelers making their way past some, heading to the food markets deeper in the city, others coming to buy the lambs, and, and the chaos of just everyday life might be, not be a lot different than uh, than just walking through the mall on any given day here in Fredericton. I'm not sure how busy your malls are. Maybe, maybe it's like some of ours. It, it's not so busy. It might not be a good description. But, but this was a busy place. And this was a place where there was a lot of talk and a, some excitement and some despair. There was, there was no doubt those moaning from the pain that they were living in without medication and without a, a, a doctor's visit. And, but before... That water is troubled on this day. It happens that the crowds of sick are completely unaware. As soon as the crowd observes that first ripple or that first movement on the water, however it looked like, as it began to stir, the whole mass, you can see this crowd of sick scooting and leaping or moving themselves as quickly or those that were fortunate enough to have others with them grabbing their friends by, by the ankles or lifting them around under the arms. And, and the whole mass of humanity makes a dash for the waters. How insignificant the result must have seemed. Not to the one healed, of course, but to every other person that touched the water split seconds after that one that was healed. For it was but one person, that one that reached the water first, that received their healing. To those that didn't get to the water first, it must have felt like anything but a house of mercy. More like a house of torment. Maybe more like a place of frustration and disappointment. Again, I missed it. Today, I've come to preach to someone that is hurting. I know this might not be for every person's situation, but I come to preach to somebody who's hurting, broken, frustrated, and disappointed. People who have sat on the sidelines waiting, hoping, hoping that maybe today will be the day of your deliverance. Maybe today will be the day that you're able to finally break that addiction. Maybe today will be the beginning of a new life. Maybe today will be the day for a breakthrough in your family, your finances, your relationships, your walk with God. I'll finally get to that place where I can rest and I feel like I'm progressing. I feel like things are changing and I've got hope. I'm preaching today to people who have walked as others have received their healing, have watched as others have received their answer.
cancer. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I know you're thankful that others have been healed. I know you're thankful that others have been blessed and that others have received their answer. But I'm preaching to someone today that you have tried everything in your own power to find healing, to find fulfillment, to find answers and joy. You put in the sweat. You put in the work. And here you are still today frustrated and disappointed. But today, if you can hear and receive the word of God today, you'll discover that though you have spent years and some even a lifetime trying everything in your power to get to find that peace of mind, that purpose, that healing, that wholeness, I've got good news for you today. You're in the house of mercy and when all seems bleak despairing and hopeless mercy is about to make an entrance the doctor is about to make a house call I can only imagine as Jesus walks into the scene on the day of our text where it is into this very scene that Jesus steps with purpose He's passed times before. Even when he was a young man, he had visited this area. No doubt had seen the same types of people and even the same man in our story. As a 12-year-old, he would have, Jesus is a 12-year-old. This man was already there. Watch this, John chapter 5. And verse number five says, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will you be made whole? Mercy has made an entrance, and he wants to know, What do you want to do with what's being made available? Do you want? To be whole. Seems like a rhetorical question, doesn't it? But it is anything but. You see, as crazy as it may sound at first, it can be easy for you and I to become comfortable in our pain. It doesn't seem right at first, but it is, after all, familiar We've learned to do life this way. And as contradictory and incongruous as it might seem, this life I've learned can be more comfortable than what I don't know. We've learned to hold it, to guard it, to present it in ways that are acceptable to the people around us. We've learned in every way to live with it. Sometimes, as much as pain hurts, it is perhaps still more comfortable than the uncertainty of what life might be like if I allow mercy to touch my brokenness. 
if I allow Jesus into my brokenness. You see, I don't know what he'll require from me. I can't tell you how many people I've pastored, how many people I've prayed with in the altars, and, and it seemed like they were still bound after they were praying, and in conversations afterwards, or even some conversations before, it became apparent as to why they weren't delivered. Mercy was in the house. Mercy had showed up. Their deliverance had been made available, but there was something in them that was afraid to let go of the life they had learned to live. As hard as it may be from somebody on the outside to understand, they'd learned to live life like this. If I allow him in, maybe he won't understand my limits. And Maybe, perhaps, he'll ask too much of, if I give him everything. If, I, if I'm all in, maybe he'll ask more than I'm able to give of him. Maybe he will be one more person to disappoint me. If I, if I go all in and I find that he is not everything that I've hoped him to be. But if you can understand who Jesus is, who he always is. Matthew chapter 12 verse 18 says, look at my servant whom I've chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush. Watch this. He will not crush. He will not crush the weakest reed. He will not put out the flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and in his name will be the hope of all the world. There has never, I know you've been disappointed by a lot of people. I know you've sought professional help and even they couldn't get you through what you're going through. I know you've faced adversity that your friends haven't been through and they can't begin to understand. I know everybody and everywhere you've tried has come up short, but I come to tell somebody today, there's never been anyone like him. You've never met any Anybody like Jesus, God who humbled himself and became a servant, the Messiah born in a stable, a rejected person who died for those who crucified him. And although he could have judged the world, he allowed himself to be judged by the world. The judge of all the earth was judged by those over whom he was the judge. He was letting us know he was not seeking his own will. He was not seeking his own comfort. He was not seeking his own preeminence, but he sought the will of God. And the will of God was to seek you and to save you and to open the blinded eyes and to deliver the captive. Now, now sometimes we don't know how to answer that question. If we're being transparent, do you want to be made whole? It's a change in identity. It requires a change in identity because we don't feel we deserve wholeness, healing, or mercy. This is the other reason. Sometimes we're comfortable with where we're at, and then other times we don't feel like we deserve the change. 
We don't deserve the house call. But can you hear the voice of mercy calling to you today? To you that have lived with brokenness and failure so long that you're too tired to move when the water's troubled. Can you hear his voice? My sister, my brother, my child, my son, my daughter, do do you want to be made whole? I've come to tell somebody today that Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Mercy is in this place. The presence of the Lord, for even if you've never been around it, you experienced it today. Mercy walked into the house. But there is another vital component to this miracle. Watch the man's response to Jesus' question in verse number 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. There was a confession of need. The intent of his heart was clear. The answer was, Yes. He was saying, Jesus, I've tried to find healing. I've tried to look to others to bring me happiness and wholeness. I've tried to obtain mercy through my own strength. I've looked for answers in myself and even those around me, but I'm left unchanged, disappointed, and still broken. How many come to this place in life and just give up on ever finding an answer? They've tried relationship after relationship. They bounce from job to job and still nothing that satisfies the inner man has ever been discovered then comes a direct response from Jesus so you got the the doctor in the house you have the confession of a need and then you have Jesus command John chapter 5 verse 8 Jesus said unto him and the response in a response to the confession of his need Jesus responds and says rise take up your bed and walk. You see, Jesus didn't need to trouble the water to heal the man. He was the water. He was the living water. Jesus didn't need to wait for the right season to heal the man because he made the seasons. Listen, you don't have to wait for a Sunday or a Sabbath day or a holy day. You don't have to wait for a certain length of time or a certain season. The only thing you need to do when mercy walks in is to take up your bed and walk. The only thing heaven requires of you is a response. Mercy required action. Jesus required movement. But watch what happens next once the man responds to the voice of mercy. Verse number nine. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked On the same day, now watch the context here. On the same day was the Sabbath. So the Jews, therefore, said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. Watch this. It is not lawful for thee to carry your bed. There will be people in your life 
who try to distract you from the miracle that God is doing or has done in your life. You will find the, the doctor at the altar and he'll work on your heart and make you whole. But the completion of the miracle doesn't even stop there because you've got to walk back out the doors and back into your world and back into your old context. Uh, but you've got to realize when you walk out those doors, you're not walking out the same. When you walk back into the door of your house or back onto the job, you've got to remember, I'm not the same man I was before that experience with the doctor. The family uh, just doesn't get it. They don't understand your commitment. They don't understand your zeal and why you go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. Your friends try to discourage you or get you to go out and party with them like you used to. Loved ones who want to minimize your miracle. They want to minimize what God has done in your life. I come to tell somebody today, it's not enough to just be healed. You've got to want to stay whole. You've got to walk back into the world and say let me tell you about a doctor that still makes house calls <laughs> because if that is what you need that's what your friends need if this is what you needed that's what your family needs that's what those on the job need they need a doctor whatever their protestations whatever their ridicule they all mask the same problem. We are all just sinners waiting for the troubling of the water. I love what Brother Lehman said earlier, just kind of confirmed the direction. I felt like God was taking us when he said, who knows what God is going to do. Maybe there'll be a troubling of the water. Maybe at some point during this service, somebody will make up in their mind, I'm done with my old life. I'm going to cut off the past. I want to go down in the waters in the name of Jesus. I want to take on a new name. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to face what I don't know tomorrow might hold because I know the doctor who holds my tomorrow. He's in the house and he's made me whole I'm willing to cut off the old life but there's more do you know that this healing sometimes some of these these, uh, these accounts of Jesus healing when we read them without context they can seem almost random it can almost see like Jesus just happened into this area of Jerusalem and he decided randomly to pick this man that had been sick for 38 years. Verse 16 says, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus. You remember because he healed this lame man on the Sabbath day. Therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and they sought to kill the doctor. Isn't that bizarre? They sought to slay him, the Bible says. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them and said, My father works at this time and in this way, so I work. Hey, you're, you're blaming me and all I'm doing is what God has told me to do. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him. Because not only had he broken the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making him equal with God. Now, just a quick, quick perusal of all of the, uh, the language tools from the, uh, available at my hands. I, they all agreed on, on this, this one part of this text. 
So specifically from the Greek English lexicon, it's talking about when, when Jesus broke the Sabbath, when, when the religious leaders say that he broke the Sabbath, so we've got to kill him. That word broke means to loose, to loosen, to unbind, to unfasten, to untie, to slack. The law was being used over this man by the religious leaders to burden those they taught even more, ignoring the fact that the Sabbath was given for man and not man for the Sabbath. They wanted to bind up the miraculous and they, they, they wanted the miraculous to be something people talked about or maybe something they could exercise but they certainly didn't want somebody walking around that threatened their power and, and threatened their narrative and the healing of the broken man. They wanted to limit that just to certain days of the week but herein steps Jesus and it happens to be on the Sabbath the one that created all that is in six days on the six days they were comfortable with Jesus created everything that has ever been and is today and he steps onto this courtyard area and he tells this man pick up your bed and walk on the seventh day the Bible says that God rested but on the seventh day in our text the doctor's making a house call I know it's a Sabbath day but there's a need I come to preach to somebody today that you might have all kinds of reasons why God God can't heal you today. Why God can't set you free today. But when the Lord stepped into this context and healed this man, he was telling somebody in this house that the doctor makes house calls even on Sundays. Somebody said, you're not worthy to be healed. I know, but the doctor's here anyways. Somebody said, you'll never change. I know that's what it looks like, but the doctor's here anyways. <laughs> and then the writer uses this simple word whole he was made whole verse 14 afterward Jesus finds him in the temple and he said unto him behold you are made whole sin no more lest a worse thing come unto you this man who had been sick and deformed. Because of his deformity, he could not enter into the house of the Lord. Can you imagine what the first thing he did when he was made whole? Is there a place to park this bed? I can, I can, I can see right about as far as the, the, the pool would have been not much farther past where I see the back doors at the back of the sanctuary. And as he picks up his bed and he begins to walk, no doubt he was thinking about his healing and he was thinking about his ability to walk. But no doubt he was also thinking about his positioning where he was, the chance he now had. He was deformed 30 
eight years and now at the sheep gate now at this pool of the washing of the sheep and the buying and the selling of the sheep he stands there and he's got to start putting some of these things together as he realizes it's Jesus and he realizes this is the one that they're calling the Messiah and he's realizing some of the prophecies maybe I, I don't know if he went this far but but you and I get to look back and we get to see that the one that healed him was the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world and here the Lamb is standing just outside the courtyard and he doesn't even have to be in the temple and it's on a day that he shouldn't be doing it but the lamb is standing there and he says I'll be your sacrifice I'll be your healing I know you don't deserve it I know you couldn't get in there but I'll heal you anyways I'll set you free anyways because it's not about what you deserve it's about who the doctor is and he is a doctor of mercy and he he works on the broken and the hungry and the thirsty. Now, when, when Jesus said, don't go or go and don't sin anymore, it was not necessarily saying that a worse physical sickness would come on him. Though that, that was possible. When Jesus said, lest a worse thing come unto you, Jesus was most likely saying that there's something far worse than being physically sick. And that is being spiritually dead. Jesus was interested more in more than this man's physical needs. More importantly, Jesus was seeking him out specifically to bring him spiritual healing. Because you can heal every broken bone. Open every blind eye. Remove every cancerous invasion of the body and that person's still dead. You might come to Jesus first. I no doubt there are people in, that could testify in this place that the first time you came to Jesus, it was because your family was falling apart. Or, or maybe the first time you walked through the doors of this church, we could have a testimony service. Maybe it was because you needed a healing. Maybe it was because there, there was a, a brokenness in your heart over a relationship that you lost and, and you had discovered that there wasn't answers in that either that your heart was not made whole either or or, or maybe you came because there was a, a, a general realization of the hopelessness and direction of the world so you came in just to find out if there was some kind of hope but when you came through the doors of the church uh, when maybe you received your healing or you received that hope uh, there was a deeper a greater work that started I come to tell somebody that maybe has never been in the house of the Lord or you just been coming a few times uh, I, I, God is here to heal and, and God and uh, has walked into this place to, to set you free from addictions and to give you hope again uh, but mercy is not content uh, with just touching the physical mercy wants to heal all of you uh, mercy wants to make you whole it's time to turn from sin to mercy mercy wants to make you whole in every way and the most important thing you can do today is 
is not to be healed of some ailment. But the most important thing you can do today, if you've never been baptized, is to be baptized into the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. If you've never been filled with the spirit of the great physician, today is the day to come to an altar, to lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm done with my way. Would you fill me with your spirit? I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm turning away from sin. Would you make me whole? I'm coming to a conclusion if the musicians could come. I have to wonder why Jesus only healed one on that day in the house of mercy. Why didn't he offer healing to all the others? Or maybe more importantly, why were all the others unaware of what was happening right in their midst? Why was there not a clamor of the crowds at the pool? Jesus, heal me too. Jesus, would, would, you, would you touch me like you touched him? Could they not see that there was something new taking place around the pool? It wasn't a man who'd made it into the water. It was just man who had a conversation with this Jesus. I submit to you today that perhaps the others were still preoccupied with their own pain too preoccupied to notice what was going on right around them. Too intent gazing on the waters, watching for them for to be troubled. The waters that had previously brought healing to some, that they missed what was currently happening to their neighbor. I wonder what would happen today. the rest of the crowd, if us like the rest of the crowd realize who's shown up on the porch, who's made their way into this house, what if they had been able to peel their eyes away from the water long enough to realize that mercy had walked in? What would the account of this day have looked like? What would have happened if they had not been so focused on their own problems that they have seen that the answer to it all had appeared before them? Why was there no rush toward Jesus when they saw the lame man take up his bed? Perhaps it's because they've become so used to the status quo, the norm, that they just laid there and continued to wait and wait and wait. Someone else was receiving their answer, and yet they continued to wait. Someone else was receiving their healing, and yet they continued to wait. Would you stand with me? I ask you just a simple question today. I wonder how many times has mercy walked into the house, into your house, into this house where you've been sitting. He's shown up in an altar call, shown up in a worship service, and you didn't notice and you didn't respond. And too distracted by your pain, your circumstances, the things going on in your life, I know, I know it hurts. I know that there are people that walked in and all you can be thinking about throughout the service was what you got to deal with when you walk back out the door. But how many times are you going to wait for mercy to knock on your door, your door, and whisper in your ear, do you want to be made whole? Let me ask that of you today. Do, do you 
want to be made whole. Perhaps you thought, I'll, I'll answer tomorrow. I'll answer tomorrow. Today, God is here. Mercy is in this house, your house. If you'll respond today, really respond, then God wants to do what you've been waiting for so long. Maybe you've been waiting a month, a year, a decade, 38 years. But today, mercy says you don't have to wait one more day, not one more service. The answer is right here in front of you. Your miracle is right here. Your healing, your deliverance, your family's salvation. And the good news is you don't have to try to obtain your miracle on your own. You don't have to depend on someone else to get you to the water. All you got to do is say, yes, Lord, I want it. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to receive a new identity. I don't know what tomorrow may will hold, but I know that you'll be with me in my tomorrow. I close with this, Matthew 4, 16. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow a light has shined. You could also say the doctor still makes house calls and he's here today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me all across this place? I wonder if there's not somebody who would be the first person to step toward the pool. No, we don't have, obviously, a physical pool at the front of this place, but we do have a declaration by faith that when you step out, you're declaring, Lord, I'm stepping out as a, as a symbol of my desire to be healed, my desire to be filled, my desire to be made whole. So if you're in this place and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's a good Sunday to do that. The physician's in the house. If you're in this place today and you've got broken areas of your life that you've been struggling uh, uh, to overcome. The physician is in the house. Why don't you come even right now and find a place around these altars? Uh, Lord, we ask that in this house that you would walk. I pray, God, that your spirit would trouble the hearts, uh, would move on the hearts uh, of saints and sinners alike. Uh, those that need uh, to move to another place in you, would you draw them? God, would you give them the faith, the courage, the strength to step out to receive what you have for them? Maybe it's somebody that's been waiting for a place in ministry, for you to open their eyes to see what you called them to do, how you called them to serve, how you called them to be involved. And today, God, you're calling them, waiting for them to change their position so that you can affect their tomorrow. Would you do that in this house? I wonder if there's not others in the house that could come find a place or a person around the front to pray with and say, I want to stand with you. You're not alone in this. I'll go with you. I'll go to the throne together with you. I'll be your prayer covering. I'll agree with you. Oh, it's good for one person to step out, but how much better for our brothers and sisters to surround those that need healing, that need an answer today. Not another day, but today. I need an answer from you, Jesus. Move in this place. Let your spirit move in this house.